Good. Well, good morning. You okay? Okay, that's three of you. Good. Um, well, how many are excited that Christmas is just two weeks on Tuesday? Who's done all their Christmas shopping already? Yeah, Denise did it in January. I know all about that. She tells me every year, I've done my Christmas shopping. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, isn't it exciting that we can come and celebrate not only a season, which a lot of people are celebrating a season in the UK this year, you know, they'll celebrate Christmas, but actually we celebrate that for a reason, and his name is Jesus. And we want to focus on some names regarding Jesus in Scripture just over the next few weeks going into the new year as well. So uh, I want to read from a very well-known passage in uh, Isaiah, a prophetic word declaring uh, something of this Christ who would be coming. And in Isaiah chapter 9, well-known passage perhaps to many of you, where it says there, For to us a child is born. That's to you and me. Good. A son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I want us to focus for a few moments this morning on that first one, Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. Um, This prophetic word that Isaiah gives, looking to the future, where he is spurring Israel on, trying to give them some hope because of the circumstances of which they find themselves, that this coming Messiah is going to establish a kingdom. If you read the next verse, verse 7, it says, Of the greatness and his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it forever. When Isaiah was writing this, this was around 800 years or so before the birth of Christ. And uh, it was a period in history that was quite turbulent, particularly for God's people. Uh, the um, Assyrians were on the march. They were taking captivity, anybody and anybody that they could. And uh, the Israelites fell into that. Uh, and so they're in this uh, oppressed state. And yet Isaiah is bringing this incredible sense of hope. In our nation today, do you feel it's a little bit oppressed? There's a bit of uncertainty, that's for sure. We've just been praying regarding that. But I believe God wants to bring us some hope as God's people uh, for not only the future, but also right here, right now. And so Isaiah is bringing this encouragement to give hope. And he says, a child will be born to you to fulfill, if you will, that Davidic covenant that you read about in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 7, where God promises to David that a Messiah would come from his lineage and from the tribe of Judah. And he would establish a kingdom that would endure forever. Uh, And he would bear a number of titles, one of them being Wonderful Counselor. When Jesus came, it wasn't, you know, when he came, as we celebrate the next few, uh, few weeks and few days, we celebrate his first coming. How many of you know there's going to be a second coming of Christ when the full rule and reign of Jesus will be totally and equivocally established? But here we are today, and there's something already that's established in our hearts and lives. There's something already established that God has brought about. And, um, and I want us to think about it in that sense of the wonderful counselor. Because when Isaiah stated that, it was, it was a, a bit of an indicator of the character of Jesus and who he was and what he was going to do. 
And the word wonderful is an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, because, you know, you, you get a child come to you and they, they show you a drawing that they did at school, you know, and he said, Daddy, this is you. And you think, really? And you say, huh. And you say, wonderful. <laughs> uh, and in today's modern vernacular, the word wonderful has, has probably been watered down quite a lot, hasn't it? But actually, when you get back to the root of the word, it's wonderful or full of wonder. Do you find yourself full of wonder at Jesus? You know, I said a prophetic word a couple of weeks ago about God wants to take some of us from the mundane to the mystery. There's something in God that we should be tapping into that is a mystery, that is beyond our natural understanding sometimes. And uh, this sense of Jesus being wonderful, this sense of it being, I'm going to use the word mind-boggling. I looked up the word boggling in the dictionary. And it comes up with all sorts of amazing sort of superlatives. It's fantastic. And I believe God wants to boggle our minds as we begin to appreciate who he is and what he's done through his son, Jesus Christ. Um, and when you look at it, there's a bit of an indicator when you remember the story probably in Judges 13 where there's a guy called Manoah who was the father of Sam, Sam, uh, Samson. And he gets a visitation from the angel of the Lord. Well, many theologians would suggest it's a theophany, uh, um, an appearance of Jesus way back in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament. And uh, Manoah says to him, he asks him his name, Judges 13, and the angel of the Lord responds, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? In other words, why do you ask my name since it's beyond your understanding? It would be too mind-boggling for you to understand if I tried to explain it, he says. And this is the Jesus. He's wonderful. Do you ever find he's a bit mind-boggling? When you start to really think and meditate on Jesus and who he is and, and what he's done. Firstly, Matthew 1, 23, it says this. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God to us. That first little part of that, a virgin will conceive. Does anybody get a bit mind-boggled by that? I mean, I ain't no medic. But this is Jesus. A virgin will conceive. You go through the life of Jesus when you track it, and he's the wonderful one. He's... Matthew 4.23, I hope you're going to be encouraged by the time we get to the end of this. Matthew 4.23, Jesus went throughout Galilee healing every disease and sickness among the people. Not like one or two, he says every. That's a bit mind-boggling. Anybody here, I mean we've just been praying for some people, hopefully we've had some sort of connections and, and, and God's been doing some things already, but anybody need you know, some physical healing today? How many believe that Jesus really is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Therefore, what was stated back then is right for right now. Here's an interesting thing. Took my dad to, the, to a hospital appointment a couple of weeks ago. And the consultant kept saying to him, Mr. Jones, just answer the question. Because my dad wanted to tell him his life story. But, 
But what the doctor was trying to do, the consultant was trying to do, was get to the root of what was going on with my dad. And he was asking question after question after question to get to the root so he could treat my dad in a way that would be appropriate. How many know and are encouraged the fact that God already knows everything about you? We'll touch on that in a moment. Jesus knows. And so that healer, the wonderful one, knows everything about you, knows exactly what we need. You think about Jesus' life. Hebrews 4, the writer says this, We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. That's a bit mind-boggling. Yet he did not sin. He's been tempted every way such as we are. Anybody here able to say, yeah, I did not sin. Mm. Wow. This is Jesus. This is the wonderful one. And then, of course, resurrection. All through New Testament, but Mark 16. Yeah, it talks about Jesus. And then he starts to appear to people. The supernatural resurrection of Jesus when he's been dead and buried for three days. Wonderful. Mind-boggling. This is our Jesus. He's wonderful. Somebody just say, he's wonderful. And then you get his amazing teaching, don't you? When you look at his life, Mark chapter 1, he says the people there, verse 22, were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as teachers of the law. There was something about the way that Jesus spoke. In fact, in some passages, it says, no one speaks like this guy. There was something about his teaching that was touched right to the core of you when you heard it. And still does today. Do you ever find when you read scripture, when you read the words of Jesus, and something hits you right in the core? And you think, Lord, you are speaking to me right now. But Jesus, in his wonderful teaching was often very counterintuitive to our natural thinking. Did you ever find that? Said some really powerful things, really difficult things, really challenging things sometimes. So you get things like in, in the um, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus speaking in Matthew 5, 4, he says, blessed are those who mourn. Hmm. And then to those who have been persecuted, he says, rejoice and be glad. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. And then he says in Luke's gospel, love your enemies and those who persecute you. Those who hate you. These are not my natural reflex actions. But I believe there's something in God that is wonderful that goes a bit mind-boggling because it just doesn't compute. But it takes us to a place when we allow the wonderful Jesus to interact with our lives. It takes us to a place where we can respond to things and live in a way that we never ever dreamed thought was possible. This second part of the, this title for Jesus the Messiah is wonderful counselor. Just think about counselor for a moment. And, um, you know, in ancient Israel, a counselor would be often uh, portrayed as somebody who was very wise. So you think of someone like Solomon, a king who 
giving uh, guidance to his people, not only to his people, but 1 Kings 4 says, you know, that people from the nations came to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And Isaiah uses this same word, counselor, again in, in Isaiah 28, 29, to describe the Lord. And he says this, this also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel, excellent in wisdom. So he's mind-boggling in counsel. Do you ever just know that you need a bit of counsel and a bit of wisdom to deal with some stuff? And you think, naturally, my mind's going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. But the Lord might just have a word for you that will put you on the right track. We'll, we'll have a look at it. I'm fascinated with the words of John in John's Gospel, chapter 2, 25, where it says this. No one needed to tell him, that was Jesus, about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. Back to what we mentioned a few moments ago. The Lord Jesus, when he looks across us as a congregation this morning, he knows what's going on in your heart right now. The things that are concerning you, things that are weighing you down, the aspirations, hopes, and dreams for 2019, probably. And he knows what's going on right now. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're pondering on. And he's able to advise us thoroughly into that, whatever it is with you. Paul, the apostle, writes this in Colossians 2. I'll read it from the New Living Translation. He says this, In Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, we can look around the room and we're blessed with people with wisdom and knowledge. In different spheres, you know, you will go to talk to certain people about a particular subject. If you want to know about certain you know, computers, you'll go to somebody in the room who's got a bit of computer expertise, etc., but Jesus is the one with all wisdom and all knowledge. Wow. And so when he looks at you and he looks at my life and he sees what's going on, he sees what's weighing us down in our hearts sometimes. We think when we're weighing up, how are we going to actually work through what's currently in front of us? He's got all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge to be able to deal with it. We might refer him to, uh, to him as the omniscient, all-knowing God. Let me read Psalm 139, again from the New Living Translation. Where the psalmist says this, he says, Oh, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. Everything. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place, and knowing all that, knowing all that, he says, you place your hand of blessing on me. Wow. Because sometimes it's not all as pure as it could be. What's going on? But you place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for my understanding. Our wonderful counselor, knows exactly the right course of action. I was thinking about this and th uh, got thinking about my, uh, my, grand uh, my great-grandparents. My great-grandparents, all 
either uh, probably died out in the late 50s, very early 60s. So 55, 60 years ago or so. And I was thinking about this whole mind-boggling concept of information available. You think the information available today compared to what was available to my grandparents 55, 60 years ago, they would be mind-boggled. You're all going to go up and look up the word boggled, aren't you? When you get, I can see what's going to happen. If you're not already doing it on your phones, yeah, I know. There's an incredible wealth of knowledge and wisdom. Well, you now think about, actually, God's wisdom and knowledge. Extrapolate that. And don't we become very reliant on information today? Classic example, this week, Thursday, O2 network data went down. Anybody on the O2 network? So you, probably, you might have been able to make a phone call, but you, you couldn't tap into any of the services. Caught Anne-Marie out. She was going, she's involved with some mentoring of a lady from born in South Lincolnshire, and they'd arranged to meet in a cafe sort of halfway at Woodall Spa. So Thursday afternoon, she's driving down there and suddenly realizing, actually, the sat-nav on her phone is not working for some reason. So makes her way to Woodall Spa, has a rough idea where that is, follows the signs. Going into Woodall Spa, the main road going in, it's closed completely for roadworks. Shut completely. So she's, wow. And of course, historically, we used to have a map book in the car. Don't do that anymore. So she had to sort of try and figure out with sort of best logic she could to figure out a route. She was a little bit late, but she made it. How many of us in our journey of life can cruise along quite happily for a long time, but then all of a sudden something happens, or there's a roadblock, or you find yourself having to go a route that you never really dreamed or imagined of, and you're sort of poddling about in the dark a bit. Jesus, the wonderful counselor, is far better than any sat-nav. And we'll have had it all sorted out beforehand. And that is the wisdom and knowledge of God that we can draw on. Hebrews 4 says this. We have a great high priest who has ascended to the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. You know, whatever's going on, hold firm. Then it recounts the bit that we mentioned earlier about he was without sin. Then verse 16, he says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God is so gracious and giving to us. Christ's position, our wonderful counselor, means that we can trust him to not only understand our problems, but guide us in the right direction. Verse I was given when I was baptized, Proverbs 3, 6, seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Seek his will in all you do. Anybody here need a bit of wisdom for life right now? You may be looking at 2019 and think something's got to change. And you need a bit of wisdom. Well, we're going to pray in a minute for God's wisdom. And we're going to draw on it today. Perhaps the band will come back. And, uh... Ever find yourself going? Ever find yourself going over things in your mind? And then going over them again. Having already gone over them, you go over them again. When you, you know, you're trying to work something out. You're going to, how's this going to work out? How am I going to deal with this? 
How am I going to approach that person if I've got to talk to them about something difficult? <sighs> the Apostle Paul makes it very simple. Philippians 4, he says, do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> Just nudge the person next to you and say, he's speaking to you right now. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. James said it this way, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. It will be given to you. Anybody need some wisdom? Hmm. We sang a song earlier, didn't we? His love so wide, so deep. How great is your love for me? God loves you. Why don't we stand and pray? And maybe for some people today, in the songs that we've sung and the things that have been shared already, you think, actually, I need to get in a position where I am exposed to the love of God more clearly and fully in my life. You look around the room and you think, you know, you think, I, I, I wish I'd got what they got. Well, today you can have what they've got. And it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know if there's anybody here today who wants to make that step of putting their life in the hands of Jesus for the very first time. Asking the Lord, God, in all my life, I've never, ever put my trust in you. I want to put my trust in you today. I want you to forgive me of all the stuff that may have gone wrong in the past. And I want to put my trust in you, the wonderful counsellor. Anybody here today want to pray a prayer asking the Lord for that? Anybody here for the very first time want to do that? Okay. But maybe there are people today who actually are saying, hmm, I need to re-engage with the wonderful counsellor. And right here, right now, we're going to pray. Maybe it's for wisdom. Maybe it's for healing. Maybe it's just for that sense of that you're his child and that going into 2019 with all the questions and uncertainties of it, you can have that peace that only he can bring. Why don't we pray? And if you want to tap into that, why don't you just... Put your hands out in front of you as I pray right now. So, Father, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that he is wonderful. The gift that he is to us goes deeper than perhaps we can fully appreciate in our measured thinking. And I pray today, just a little bit more, we'll have a revelation of who you are. And across this room, as people have got their hands stretched out in front of them, that, Lord, you will reveal yourself a little bit more to them. And, Father, where there are specific things that people are asking for in terms of wisdom, understanding, maybe guidance for the steps ahead. Lord, maybe for doors to open for them in 2019 with new opportunities and possibilities. Lord, I pray that as we as a people keep coming to you, the wonderful counselor, we will be conscious of your hand of grace upon us in the months ahead, in Jesus' name. So we bless the people to the left and the right of us. 
We pray and bless the people behind us and in front of us this morning. And we pray, Lord, may your favor rest upon them. In Jesus' name, amen.